listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 484 with Larry O'Connor from OWC. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. number 484 are we quite close to our anniversary guy uh yeah uh, actually we are one show away from 200 shows that you and i have been uh doing the podcast together have I got to say, and, and have it's I got not to... that we've done 200 shows together i think we we, we talked about this last week uh, yeah. but it's been 200 shows since since you and i started recording yeah well, you always get vagaries in there, don't you? You know, you do a few and I'll do a few and you know, yeah. all, all of that. But do, have I got to send you flowers or something? Um, I was hoping for diamonds, but, you know, flowers. <laughs> we, we went past that at 60. That's the diamond one. Oh, oh, oh okay. Which one is the car one? You didn't get them? Are you no. Me you didn't get them? No, oh, I didn't. They must be lost in the post. I'm, I'm hurt. No, I sent them. I've what, the flowers, the diamonds, or the car? The diamonds. Oh. <laughs> I want a car made out of diamonds. Wouldn't yeah. even need airbags then. Yeah, that's not very Mac-orientated, <laughs> is it? Probably not. <laughs> how's, your uh, week oh. how's, your, how's your Mac week been going? Oh. Um, well, actually, you know, <laughs> AT&T is, continues to do everything that they possibly can to drive me away as a customer. Cool. Uh, I I got my latest bill. Now this is the the first bill that I've received from them since I since I moved my you know I, I bought the iPhone 5s and didn't yep. put it on AT and T. I put it on T Mobile. Yep. And then I at the same time uh, when I gave my son Peter uh, my old 4s, I also moved that to T Mobile. Well, I figured okay, I'm going to have a smaller bill. No, I actually have a larger yep. bill. That I normally and then I did before and it's like what, what? Ah, er, er. lots of cuss words that that I can't say for a family friendly show. Turns out they charged me a hundred and fifteen dollars uh, contract termination fee <laughs> when I switched the phone over. So I I went I actually went over there this morning and um, apparently it's 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 also my fault ah uh. because. If I had waited just one month more, I wouldn't have been charged that fee because uh, I had I bet, one month yeah, left. I, what's the betting? They told you that when you went in. Well, I, I didn't deal with them at all when I switched the service over. I just went right to T-Mobile with it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, sure. I can't blame them for that, but it, it still hacks me off. <laughs> oh, now, dear. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm at this point uh, my wife's phone, I can't switch her over until I think January 2015 and my son Guy's phone can be switched over sometime next year. And I'm going to be I'm going to be looking at those contract dates real close cuz yeah. the, the sooner I get away from AT&T as far as I'm concerned the better. Yeah, it's not good, is it really? No. No, and the only thing that I'll have left with them 
Uh, I'm grandfathered into that unlimited data plan for mm-hmm. the iPad. Yeah. And I'm not letting go of that to save my <laughs> life. If I can, I'll hold on to that sucker as long as I possibly can. Uh, one other kind of cool thing I can did. Can I ask you, do you, do you yeah. use much of the data on there then? On the iPad? iPad, yeah. Uh, not really so much except for when I travel, but when, but when I need it, it's you nice want, that it's yeah. there. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, frankly, even if I switch to. My name's uh, Gaz. What? Oh, I called. I I didn't mean. Sorry. As long as I didn't call you Shirley. But a bing. But a bing. Um. The uh, oh god, train of thought just left the station. Where was I? <laughs> well, I, I derailed you. I must yeah. admit that was my fault. Um. I. I well, it doesn't matter. And you, it was talking about the iPad and your usage and you grandfathered into the uh, yeah. yeah unlimited data. Well, I'm hanging on to that plan. As, now, also, I, I, I yeah. saw plenty of conference call attempts, and I don't think I think I was actually out of the office, as it were. I.e., I was out of home <laughs> refereeing at the time. Else, I would have tried to uh, call in and help you out. But what was that all about? And, you know, well, I've been trying Tell us all about it. Okay, I, I will try. Uh, I've been looking at ways <laughs> to 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 try to get the audience um, more involved in the podcast and uh well i mean because we do all this stuff with google plus and facebook yeah, and all yeah. the rest of them um but one of the things that i've been looking at and maybe it would even be a whole different show would be to have a uh like a live show with people mm-hmm. able to call in or to text questions to us or 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 whatever and the the hard part at least the hard part the first hard part that i saw was having a way to have you and I talk at the same time mm-hmm. and bring people in and out of a conversation when they called in. Right. And I found a way to do it, and it doesn't cost anything. It's from this this company called Free Conference. I'll give them a shout-out, freeconferencecalling.com. Right. And they basically, you know, they give you a a, a toll number. It's not a free call. They give you a toll number to call and then a, a code to punch in in order to, to join this conference. But one of the things that they also give you is once you log in, and by log in, you're calling in, um, there's a web interface that comes into play, and you can mute everyone and bring people in one at a time. If they have a question, they can hit a particular key combination on their phone and it'll show that that this particular person has a question. You can bring them in and out of the conversation. So, yeah, and it works pretty well. I was talking to both Russ Wachowicz yes. uh, and uh, Tom Schmidt Saturday morning, and it did pretty much everything that I thought it was going to do. And because I was doing it through Skype, I didn't really have to change the way I record the podcast at all. Right. You know, so I was doing everything, you know, my communication through this service was through Skype. So Skype was sending, you know, what, whatever anybody else was saying over to GarageBand. Of course, my microphone is going to GarageBand <clears throat> and I was able to do soundboard at the same time. So, I mean, this is, this is still very, very much a, a, a work. In, you know, oh yeah. Work in progress. Very, very much so. Um, one of the things that we would have to figure out how to do as it was would be a live show 
would be instead of just saying, okay, well, we'll talk to each other in just a minute, stand by to stand by, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, we, you know, with, with the MyMac podcast, we basically just, you know, hit stop, save and garage ban, and then start up again, you know, uh, not counting the, the usual nonsense that, that you and I talk about during in between the breaks of the show. Um, but with this, you can't really do that because you have a live audience. So I would have to, through soundboard or whatever, have um, pre-recorded music with fade-ins and fade-outs, uh, the, the commercials and the bumpers and everything. Basically using soundboard literally as a radio cart program, which is kind of what it was intended for, instead of you know kind of the way that you and I use soundboard, which is just to you know, send funny noises to each other. So, yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. You, you you don't have soundboard this week, do you? No, no. There's a there's a reason for that. Um, that reason is that we are having our bedroom decorated, and because of the timing of our recording, uh, I uh, we are in the spare bedroom, which is where the Mac Mini lives, and where I normally do uh, the recording. Right. Uh, that means that. Um, I will be recording while Mrs. G is trying to get to sleep, and that <laughs> yeah, good that, luck with that. That, that ain't going to work, and Mrs. G would be very disappointed in me. So I'm yeah. actually currently now. Wait, is mind. disappointed another way of saying angry? No. Okay. Be disappointed. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> um, and th- that means I'm on the MacBook Air, which means I will be moving from my current location, probably during a break, into another. Uh, location so uh, no, that yeah, it's, all good, it's all good fun I've had a busy busy week uh, at work uh, just seems to be full on at the moment which is you know it's how it goes sometimes sure. um, but I did try to move some of my um, one of my iPhoto libraries which I hadn't yet done over from my MacBook Air oh in fact it's currently on a uh, it's not on the MacBook Air it's actually a 11 gigabyte library um, that I recorded a uh, used while we were on our walking holiday oh sure and basically it's been sat on a spare hard drive in fact a western digital hard drive so i was kind of hesitant to plug the western digital hard drive in to mavericks on my mac mini because of the recent um, issues they've been having um but i plugged it in uh, it saw the drive perfectly okay so i then copied the library onto the Mac Mini and then imported the images and all the metadata right, from the copy location from the copy, yeah, into uh, my main iPhoto library. Now, not all of the... Now, there was an update for... This is Fat Cat Software, I think it is. I think iPhoto Library Manager is from Fat Cat Software, which is a great name. And some of the things haven't... I had to update iPhoto Library Manager um, because of Mavericks and because there were one or two other uh, extras that had given and I haven't um, updated it in a long, long, long time. So I was quite happy with that because it was a, a reasonable price. It wasn't obviously through the Mac App Store. Right. It was from the web. Um, but one or two things haven't moved across yet. So um, what I might do is just try, try it again because I've done this in the past. I've basically just deleted the images out of the main iPhoto library and then just retried it. And then it, you know, sometimes seems to kick it in and it'll, it'll move it all across. But because I've been busy and because I've been busy refing this weekend, uh, I haven't really had time. And I'm also still trying to find time so I can do those time lapse films, you know, the ones of the walk. Right. Yeah. 
So I've got to get those done at some point. But, um, you know. So you're slacking. Nice. I'm slacking. Yeah, I'm slacking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm slacking. Let's go. Let's go uh, to the site and okay. talk about the rules. Well, um, uh, oh, you, before you do the, I'll do the first one. And it, this is kind of funny. If you listened all the way through to last week's show, right after we got done recording, uh, Tim posted tech fan number 140 arcades in the PS4. And because yeah, you know, we we'd complained in the beginning part of the show that, that there wasn't any tech fan. Yeah. And we said that was going to happen though, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So we were like clairvoyant or something. Yeah. We said good. Yeah. Anyway, talking about tech fan 140 on the eve of the PlayStation four release, which is now out, Tim and David talk some history of video arcades, home consoles and the future. Of video games. Okay, next on the website, D three D A C dash plus dash headphones dash amp dash no space dash space. <laughs> <laughs> Guest review from Dale Tom. Uh, it's audio. It's conversion. It's digital. It's analog. It's ADCs to DACs. Oh, I don't know. Go and take a read. <laughs> Uh, next up is a uh, quick review and comment by Sam Negri. It's the Stad, or is it Stad or Stad? Stad. Say, say Stad. Stad. <laughs> God, it sounds funny. Uh, laptop backpack. Cases, bag, back, laptop, straps. Come on, surely you can guess what this is. And, oh, shame on you if you think it's anything other than a backpack. Nice looking, though. Go and take a look. That's a review from Sam. Okay. Uh, Keith McKillen Instruments Q-Neo Music Controller. This is a review from Frederick Wells or Wedowick Fwells. Wedowick Fwells. Um, the Keith McMillan Q-Neo is a pad-based controller designed for music or video creation and performance applications. The Q-Neo shows input response through 251 multicolor program programmable LEDs. That's the first line of the review, and I'm no clearer, so go take a read. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is a review from Wob Bud, or Bob Wood. The Spider Pro. Ooh, sounds like a uh, comic book. The Spider Pro. His senses are tingling. Single camera system. Camera holster. Hip. Quick close shutter. Wait, close quick shutter. Well, maybe not a cowboy, but a hip holster for a camera. And oh, if that made absolutely no sense, go on over to the website. Oh, we had two fours for four. Yeah. Go on over to the website and check out the review from Bob Wood. I was doing that in a rush. Sure. Um, no, I understand. Move, <sighs> yeah, let's go and read, folks. Okay, move <laughs> mic, boom microphone. Now, this is a review from Bert Clanchard. Um, headphones, mic, detachable. It's neat, worth a look. Headphones, detachable mic. Get it? Yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and next up is a Nemo memo from Nam Jimorowski. The ThinkSound on one headphones and audio engine A2 plus speakers. Wood is good. Okay, John. <laughs> this is a review of some headphones. Uh, headphones more. Ah. Ah. But also wood. Speakers plastic, but from a company I keep looking at. 
yeah, that's, that's from John Nemo. Yeah, that one. Basically, it's a company I keep looking at. I should have taken that one, to be honest with you. Oh. Audio, audio engine, uh, the A2 speakers. I keep looking at them, and, and uh, that's an, and just another review which makes me go, I, I, I want that. I want that. Tech fan number 141. There you go, folks. If you haven't heard, you've now got two tech fans to go and listen to. Eyeing the future. David has an eye problem. Tim wonders what combo of over-the-counter drugs are safe. (laughs) (laughs) A bad microphone makes recording difficult, and they both discuss almost 10 years of podcasting with a special interview at the end uh, of the show with ex-CEO of Apple, Jill Emilio. No, Gil. Gil Emilio. Gil Emilio. Yeah, Yeah, because they recorded uh, an interview with him Oh God! Long, long time ago, it was when yeah. Tim was still doing uh, my Mac, and I wonder if that's like a new interview because I, I haven't listened to Tech Fan One Forty One yet. I wonder if that's a new interview or pre-recorded from the previous one. I think it's from the previous one. Oh, okay. From uh, if you would like to write for MyMac.com very, very quickly, or just I'll very quickly say this instead of you writing quickly. Yeah, uh, con- contact John Nemo at Nemo at MyMac.com, and let's see if we can get your tech stuff on the web. Yeah, Send it. Send John your wares. Okay, social. <laughs> yeah, Eric Diaz. Okay, he says, just a little view from the balcony at the Carib Hotel, Hilton Hotel in San Juan, Puerto Rico. He says he stayed there over the weekend and took his Canon T3i with him to practice, and he sent a link of the pictures. And then, again from Eric Diaz, hashtag fishing. Um, he posted a link which originally came from Adam Enks. Um, Beware of this fishing message that purports to be from Apple. It's not perfect, uh, but it could pass a glance test. And basically, if you go into Google+, Plus, you'll see the email right. um, that's been posted there. And Guy, you jumped in there. Yes, I did. I wrote, but, but, but it, it's from Apple. At Apple.com. How could it not be good? <laughs> okay, do you want to take that? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, we would like to give a, a warm My Mac podcast community from our G Plus My Mac podcast community. Welcome to our latest victim, Tom Wiles. Uh, I wonder if he knows what he's in for. <laughs> and there were a lot of reviews, or a lot of reviews, a lot of replies to it. And... You know, guys, if you follow us or enjoy the podcast, please go over to G Plus and find the MyMac podcast community. We really have a good time with it. And everybody was uh, was really, really welcoming, though um, Tom got the last word in, I think, saying that he was leaving a diversionary trail of donuts. And, yeah, that would that would divert me from trying to find him. You know what? I think he's going to fit right in. It sounds like it. Okay, now Alistair Jenks jumped in with a question. He said, what's the prevailing thinking on Apple Care for iPads? Uh, he says that he gets it for a Mac without thinking twice, but only two years and the solid stateness of the iPad are making me think twice. My original iPad is still working fine, as is my Christmas 2011 purchased iPad 2, even after dropping it on concrete. Neither of those had Apple Care purchased. Should I for a new Mini? Now, John Mino, uh, Mino, Nemo, 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 Nemo. Finding Nemo. 
Aladdin. He jumped in with a um, a link to Square Trade. He said excellent value and results. Now I'm not quite sure whether that was what Alistair was expecting. But uh, he then got another response from Bob DeGrand saying, he votes no, iOS devices are pretty rugged. I've also dropped iPads onto hard services without troubles. Literally the one I have uh, uh, I have broken was when I knocked a 27-inch iMac <laughs> off my sleep and it landed on an iPod Touch. Fortunately, the iMac survived. <laughs> I would not have considered it at all prior to Apple offering plans which cover drops. Now I would consider it, but still wouldn't buy it. Okay, so... Well, you know, I have to question why Bob DeGrand is sleeping with a 27-inch iMac. (laughs) Very odd, Bob. (laughs) Alistair jumped in again to finish off, said, thanks, he should have qualified his question with the fact that he's he's in New Zealand and the nearest Apple store is a couple of thousand <laughs> over a large sea and i doubt that service will apply here shame as it looks very interesting can i just jump in there alistair and i would say that i do not buy apple care for ipads and i don't think i'd buy it even for the ipad mini even though it is the sort of device which is a lot more um breakable you- user friend no not breakable but user friendly as to carrying around and going out Be- but i do buy apple care for my iphone and i've got to say i have already dropped this iphone 5s <laughs> and i've had dropped my 4s on numerous occasions and i've got to say they are pretty robust now yeah um, they are cracks, no breaks um yeah so for the iphone yeah because it it has got a tendency to jump out of your hand if you if you use it naked like I do, and people keep telling me to put clothes on, but you know, I... <laughs> oh, oh wait, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. We're talking about the device being naked, not oh, you guess. Yes, we are. We are. We're talking about the device being naked. Yes. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, but for the iPad, I've I've never bought um, Apple Care for the iPad, and it gets thrown about the house quite a lot, actually. So, um, yeah, I kind of agree what he's saying, and especially as, as he hasn't got a store close by, it's, right. he's got to go through the, although Apple, if he's got Apple Care, they, they may well organize, you know, collection, but then he's not going to be with the device for, you know, X period, which could be, you know. Well, if he, if he's got to send that overseas, yeah, he's going to be without it for a while. Yeah. Um, Okay, now we we did have something from um, from Twitter from Mark yeah. Shepard. I like this. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you take it. Uh, apparently, uh, in Tech Fan, I think it was one forty. Uh, fearless leader Tim Robertson said that the as compared to Tech Fan, where you know he and Dave just kind of wing it, that the MyMac podcast that that Gaz and Guy do was structured, in, <laughs> and in that Mark Shepard said, "Blasphemy! Blasphemy!" Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we we have to hurry up and get out of this particular break because hopefully we've got somebody coming on in just a minute. So why don't you get us out? No, can I can I just say? Yeah, can I just say. Um, we are structured because we always have two breaks each week. Well, stand by, stand by, and we'll be right back. Right back. Right back. Time's running out too fast Dark is the sky, my only light is vanishing
Geyen Gas. Hallo, ihr beiden. This is Klaus and Laura from MacTopics.de, and we'd like to invite your listeners to participate in our big Christmas contest. Starting on the 25th of November, we'll give away a software license on each Sunday leading up to Christmas. So enter soon for a chance to win a license to PopClip, NameMango 3, an Alfred Power Pack, Clarify, 1Password, or Intensify. All you have to do is head over to MacTopics.de for slash MyMacPodcast and find out the rest. Thanks for the podcast, and thank you for allowing me to let your listeners know about the contest. See you soon on the interwebs. Hi, this is Don McAllister from Screencasts Online, and I never listen to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome, everyone, back to the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, Gaz and I actually have a special guest. Special guest, ring in, please. How you doing? This is Larry from Other World Computing. <laughs> it's Larry. It's Larry O'Connor from from Other World Computing up there in uh, well, relatively close to Chicago. There in Woodstock, uh, Illinois. Actually, today uh, from Austin. You know, and I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, what is the deal with the Austin facility? Uh, I mean, you have you have the large warehouse in Woodstock, and uh, so now you've warehouse. opened this 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 new facility in Austin, Texas. Was there a, a particular rhyme or reason for the new facility, or is is it dedicated for something? Well, certainly. I mean, I can go through uh, you know, actually the you know, the four uh, operating locations. At Woodstock you know, remains and you know, has been you know, our headquarters and foundation you know, since the uh, since the very beginning. Uh, currently, our you know, primary our primary drive assembly QC, our customer support team, a, a large component of our product development team are all uh, in Woodstock. Woodstock services central distribution. We also now fulfill orders from a Henderson location. We started shipping from our Henderson warehouse about a year ago, August. Austin is new as well last year. That office, I guess you could say, officially got underway uh, in November, early December of uh, 2012. Its purpose is creative design. Uh, we were really, we were just running out of, uh, I, I can't really say running out of space necessarily, although space was a consideration, but we were encountering challenges with uh, hiring a talent at a rate to uh, satisfy the needs of, of OWC. And we also for a number of years, have done manufacturing done down here just north of Boston. So between the, uh, the opportunities for you know, the, the talent that we needed, plus the closeness to where we're building our uh, manufacturing, our uh, solid-state drives in our memory, it was the, the perfect location. And it's it's taken off taken off real well. It's it's. And that's for that, that's for newer technology, or is that a, a, a new brand that you're developing? No, it's for other world computing. And there's some newer tech support. On this office as well, but effectively uh, we've moved our creative development team into Austin uh, and to, to enable us well to, to keep things moving forward at, at full steam and be closer to where our manufacturing is. And when I say manufacturing, our surface mount as opposed to, uh, I guess you could say, the final assembly in QC, which goes on in Woodstock. Right, right. So for people that may not know what OWC is, uh, what's the 30-word uh, the, the explanation for it? More or less. We are quite a hybridization 
But in a nutshell, you know, we both distribute and manufacture, you know, well, for lack of a better, the highest quality uh, storage memory and upgrades in general, accessories, et cetera, that make Macs, you know, better Macs, make uh, iDevices, well, more functional and better as well. And it's, you know, we don't just resell. We're not just another seller. You know, although we do offer uh, a wide variety of brands and we're happy to resell you know, a large number of uh, you know, product from different quality manufacturers, but we also develop, design, engineer, and manufacture a, a wide variety of products from external storage to internal uh, solid state and, and memory products. And you've been doing this for a very, very long time. Now, how old were you when OWC started? Or it, 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 like what became OWC? I guess I can go backwards. I'm, I'm 39 today and uh, been doing this for 25 years. Okay. So, wow. You were 14 years old when you started the company? Yeah. And I, uh, well, yes. Wow. Um, was there a particular focus in the beginning or, or was it kind of the, the same driving force that it is today? Well, certainly it's expanded a little bit, but the, uh, you know, the core basis was to enable you know, more users to get more from their systems. And in my particular case, I couldn't drive you know, when I needed an upgrade. <laughs> I also, I worked for my dad and you know, he didn't pay so well. And I have to say, it, you know, when it came to saving up for an upgrade, you know, making a dollar go further was important. But I learned and recognized that you know, at a relatively young age that you know, we were spending more time, you know, when I did get a ride to the computer shop, it took a lot more time to get there. Heck, it took more time to get my computer checked in than how long it really took for them to do the upgrade. But of course, you check the computer in, and they tell you you could come back in a couple of days. And using America Online, I started offering memory sets. You know, figured out the, the chips and such that were necessary. You know, it was a very easy upgrade for people to install, and I was there to, uh, you know, well, lack of a better term, hold their hand on the phone if the instructions that I sent. You know, weren't uh, adequate, and uh, you know, I helped people you know, upgrade their systems without having to you know, go through something that was a major inconvenience for me, for me, and also uh, a significant expense. I, I, I found it kind of a, an injustice in the world, so to speak, that here's something that takes five minutes to do, but you spend, never mind driving it in and having to disconnect everything and tear everything apart, which was a lot more difficult uh, you know, back in the, the late 80s. But uh, also uh, spend more time checking the computer in than it took to actually do the actual upgrade. So. And and that was more along the lines of the companies that existed at the time. And you saw an opening to to provide a better service. And not just a better service. You know, kind of in another vein, and this was in the Apple space. You know, while remember, I mean, Max. Well, at this particular time, uh, I was Apple too, but. Whether it was a Mac or a PC, I mean the Sims, you know the the DRAM chips. I mean they were they weren't unique to Apple and they weren't unique to you know, the PC side of the fence. But in '88, there had been a, an incident that constrained supply and sent prices up. Prices uh, did come down uh, in '89, and a real door opened because in '89 all these Apple guys. I I won't say that they colluded, but it was really interesting just to watch. You look at the publications, prices going up. Prices never came back down for the uh, the Apple customers, mm. and it was an opportunity to come in and, and really you know, push a lot harder to say, "Hey, instead of spending four hundred dollars, 
here's that set for a quarter of that, plus you know, I'm happy to uh, help you through installing it, as opposed to walking into an app store or even order a mail order at the higher price. Uh, we definitely try to, uh, from day one and, and you know, to this day, you know, provide the, uh, a, a, a competitive product, a competitive cost. And no matter how great the deal is, you know, it's very important that when you get a product, it doesn't end up sitting on a shelf for any span of time. We want our customers to be able to use that product and get the benefits you know, from, from what was advertised. If you get a great deal on something and it ends up sitting on the shelf for you know, any span of time, time value money and its technology, I mean, that's no longer a good deal. Sure. Now, I, I, I actually just recently bought a uh, newer tech, uh, Guardian Maximus, I think is the the product name. I'm, I'm looking at it, but I can't see the name here in the dark. Sure. And I use that as my uh, iTunes repository because I have a very, very large iTunes collection. And I, I needed to put a couple of drives together into a RAID 1. And they were larger than two terabytes. And there's not many enclosures available that are FireWire capable and are also capable of having larger drives than two terabytes. And the best thing, I mean, besides the fact that it works for the solution that I was looking for, it is also reasonably priced for for what it is, which is a, a dual bay drive pre-configured for RAID 1 that will do FireWire. And you just don't see that from many places. And what I've found over the years is... You know, I typically when you're looking for a solution to a problem that you're having in technology, you'll you know you'll go to Google and you'll put in you know whatever the the criteria is that you're looking for, and start to whittle down the various solutions that are there. And what I've found is instead of going to like Amazon or a, a few of the other places, I typically end up going to OWC first. Um, not just because your prices are, are certainly as good or better than, you know, this sounds like an OWC commercial, uh, <laughs> as good or better than the competition, but the way your site is laid out, it's also very, very easy to find the things that you're looking for. And sometimes that can almost be as important as what it is you're going to spend on a product. If you can't find what you're looking for and you spend a lot more time trying to find it, well, you haven't really saved any money. Time is, you know, time is money too. And that's, you know, whether it's on the back end when you get the product or, you know, as you're researching the product, you know, certainly uh, you know, time is something you can't replace. And I'd add in there on those external solutions you know, another huge difference in our product versus pretty much everything else out there today. You know, I mean, well, I, I, there's a lot of different differences, but you know, one huge difference that you know is easy to point out and very visible is the power supply. You know, it's really shocking to me. And this is part of the reason some solutions don't go beyond two terabyte, and there's other solutions that they may go beyond two terabyte, but you know, it's one. not such a great idea with the power supply. They include even solutions that ship with. You know, these uh, systems, but a lot of companies, and I'm talking the big guys, you walk into the big box stores and, and others that follow suit as well. I mean, they can do it, we can do it too kind of mentality. But the power supplies that are shipping with storage solutions today, in my opinion, are just absolutely horrendous. 
You know, they're one and a half amp to one point eight amp typically, where they should be, you know, at the very least two amp, and approaching that three amps. And you know what you end up with, you have power supplies that will support these drives while they're operating. No problem, read write, you know, during standard operations. But for startup cycles, for a peak write cycles where there's a heavier draw, you know, these power supplies have to go into their their peak mode. You know, they're running overrated. They're rated to supply a, a peak output. But it's kind of like a, a power amplifier. You know, on a stereo, you typically, I mean, you, when you get a stereo and you listen to it with speakers, you don't have it cranked all the way up. If you have to have it cranked all the way up to listen to the level you want to listen to, it, it doesn't sound real good at that level. And when it comes to a power supply, an underpowered power supply runs a good bit warmer. The uh, the voltage that comes out of it isn't as clean and stable, and you uh, you, well, you run the risk of you know, earlier. Well, it's a point of failure both on the power supply side as well as a potentially early drive and or bridge failure just from the quality of power that's coming through. And when you look at our solutions, I mean, we include 3-amp with our singles. We include 5-amp with our duals. These are hefty power supplies that don't have to break a sweat during any stage of function with you know, the drives we ship and you know, any of the drives that are out there today. And you know, that's just you know one piece to ensure that this product, uh, this product goes uh, goes the distance. Now we we seem to be living in a society that's moving towards disposability, right? And right. It, to some degree, even instilling in people that you know, it went breaks, you know, it's just time to buy a new one. Things shouldn't break, and there's you know, these little corners get cut. You know, to save a nickel here or a dime there. In the case of a power supply, the difference between the, you know, even a two amp and a three amp is several dollars. I mean, it's actually a huge expense, but you know, people's data goes on drives. I mean, this is, and yeah, I'll back up this that, but you know, it's it's really well. You know, Apple wants you to buy a new computer when you know, you've outgrown it, and that's why they're kind of going towards this appliance direction. Let's let's solder the memory and you know, make it difficult to upgrade other components. Is the intent is hey when they're done with this they can buy a new one. Hard drive guys are happy to see well when that drive you know is you know, past year or whatever and when it ultimately fails and they're going to buy another one and we're all for people buying more of our drives but you know, not because they have a, a predictable fail cycle. Gaz, you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Oh, I'm just, okay. I'm, I've, yeah, I found that really interesting because there there are an awful lot of companies these days that it's it's penny pinching uh, all the way down the line, and and you're dead right, Larry. It it seems to be that we we've got into a world of of well, recycling just doesn't happen, uh, and not in the way it used to happen. People would uh, reuse products, and they would you know um, either send them on to someone else, or someone else would use it, and someone else would use it, and someone else would use it. But now they you know they are so flimsy as well. Some of the products in the manufacture that uh, you you just know that it. It's, once it kind of comes out of its normal usage, um, then it's just going to break. And you know that power supply. I, I'm really glad to hear that you you're going down that and giving the customer the best customer experience, which is exactly what uh, Apple try and do. Um, and I know that they're going down uh, this view themselves of of creating products which are difficult to reuse and upgrade. However, I think we're also getting to a point where actually the upgrade cycle is becoming the products which are the peripherals. Um, certainly with the uh, the Mac Pro that's coming up, and a lot of people with MacBook Airs, etc., they, they kind of have their hard drives as a separate component and carried separately because date, it, it, sp- <laughs> hard drive space on MacBook Airs is 
shrinking because of SSDs, yet hard drive space required because of all of the video that people now can create and all of the uh, high-resolution pictures that they could they can create is increasing so they actually need more space so i'm thinking that peripherals are becoming more important so if you're making a good robust peripheral then um all good to uh to the power of your arm i'd say oh we're definitely in that space to say the least i mean external storage you know if you look at our history you know we had the first bus powered drives all the way back in 1992 believe it or not they bus powered off the floppy drive port of a uh, of an apple floppy drive so in terms of, you know, storage, we go way back and storage is, you know, a key pillar of OWC, both internal and definitely our external solutions for a significant span of time. I mean, that there is one category, you know, that you know, has been true to OWC and would be if we had to pick one and that, you know, something changed tomorrow, we said, you know, we're just going to do one thing. You know, storage is and, you know, will remain a, a passion and a, a focus here. But I, I still, uh, you know, would make the comment that, it is rather inconvenient and frustrating to me as a as an Apple user, you know, looking at some of these great new, you know, super slim portable systems that you know giving the consumer giving the consumer the option, I mean, a second drive inside would be really, really nice. You know, seven millimeter, you know, nice slim, even a five millimeter uh, hard drive which are coming out there. I mean just just if I just have if it was for nothing else, just so I could have a built in time machine. Well, yeah, the, the the one thing that that does frustrate me about <clears throat> Apple products over the last, and it, it's not just since Tim Cook took over the company, is their their current predilection toward reducing the amount of ways that their customers can make changes to their computers. And as you alluded to, you know, they're they're soldering in the memory. Or, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, or making it very, very difficult to to get to uh, the 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 internal drives on nearly every computer that they make. Um, the only one that they currently sell that has relatively easy access is is the uh, the older style Mac Pro. Everything else is is like a nightmare. To get into where you need suction cups to, you know, take the screen off of an iMac. And, you know, I, I get that aesthetics is part of what people may, you know, look at when they buy a computer, but it certainly isn't one of the, the main things that I think of. You know, I'm, and even, and, 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 and I'm not trying to go down the road of, um, you know, I want better specs than this or better or better performance than that. But when it comes right down to it, at some point, if I need to make a change to my system, well, you know, why make it so difficult for me to do so? You know, the iMac is something I, I don't even know where to even start on what they did with the 20, you know, starting in 2012 with the new slim iMac. It's, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say it's a it's a beautiful machine. Well, However, is. I would argue the machine before the design uh, before it was, you know, I, I think a lot of people were pretty happy with that. And as far as you know, having the slim, you know, that that illusion that it's slim with the curved back, at the expense of you know, having functionality. You know, yeah, it, it, you know, you lose. I mean, it's even harder now to get into the uh, inside of it. It's you know, the the 21 and a half inch 
heck, if you don't buy it with 16 gigs, you know, it's, it, you got to cut the screen. I mean, just like it, for the 27 inch, at least, unless you need to change a hard drive out, you don't really have to you know, mess with the inside. They did a great job on the 27 inch for, for ex- accessing the memory bay, the memory slots. The 21 and a half inch, though, whatever it comes with, you know, if you, you want to put more in, that's, you're using a guitar pick to cut the screen off and then put loose strips back on to put it to replace it with the suction cups and the whole nine yards. Yeah. As a, as a customer, and forget just today. I mean, let's, you know, in two or three years, you know, hard drives, the, the hard drive mechanisms, I mean, there's, they have, they are the highest probability of, you know, of failure in a system. I mean, they're over, if you look at three or four years, I mean, the, every year your, your probability of that drive of being in the, uh, you know, being ready to, you know, spin his last uh, you know, bite off the platter is potentially approaching the paint on how heavy you use it. And in the iMac, it's a little bit different environment, so it, it could be. You know, bottom line is, it doesn't help those probabilities. To find out in a couple of years that your two or three thousand dollar you know loaded iMac 27 inch has to go to the Apple Store and they want to charge you, you know, who knows what to replace a drive that you should have been able to buy off the you know, off the street from you know, whoever your preferred vendor was and whatever. You know, drive you decided to put in there. That to me, that's that's pretty. That, that's just not right. It's not uh, pro consumer, and I think people are going to be a little disappointed you now down the road when you know they start to face those things because Apple is not inexpensive, and even if you want to do it yourself, I mean, they've raised, they've made it so difficult to get inside. You know, a, a friend of mine out here works for, I guess I could say the other side works for HP, and I'm not by any means an HP fan, and HP has no real. A huge space in a tablet, but one of their uh, their pro tablets, you know, their Windows, whatever is. I mean, I mean, it's it is what it is in terms of what it runs. But you know, to open it up, HP sells a service kit that has a magnetic uh, tool set, a little thing that fits over the screen, and you put it in place, and the screen comes off. You know, there's no cutting through, you know, seal, no having to you know do any sort of heat process. I mean, it's designed to be serviced. Apple, I, that's what I mean. Yeah, but Larry, can I, can I jump in there? To a certain degree, you, you could say it's designed to be serviced because they know it's going to go wrong, whereas Apple are actually trying to design products which actually will last and last and last. And the amount of times that I hear people talking about, yep, yeah, I've had this Mac for five years now, no problems at all. I agree with you. Hard drives are the point of failure. Um, but now we're moving into SSDs. I'm not quite so sure that that's uh, moving forward. Well, and gonna cloud be- storage. Uh, well, I, when I went back, I could hear people screaming at me um, when I was talking about obviously having accessories like hard drives uh, because of data, people shouting cloud storage. But that we're a long way off that, Guy. We are a long well, way yeah, off that. Well, yeah, well, to match, to match the kind of storage capability that well, you have not only the storage platters. capability, Not only the storage capability, but the speed of having something local. And I, think it, and I think this is where Apple's coming from when it comes to these Thunderbolt drives as well. I totally agree with you, Larry, from the point of, point of view that they are really restricting accessibility to the device to be able to upgrade yeah, and that's I'm why less i'm actually talking less about the macbook air and the macbook retina those are actually very easy to get into you know they've made it more complex to uh, support the upgrades for those drives you know put a bigger drive in but when you look at the imac the imac ship with a hard drive some of them ship very few units ship ssd only they ship base with a hard drive you can upgrade them to fusion <clears throat> which is an SSD plus the drive, and then you have an option if you want to go SSD only. But their standard configuration is with a hard drive, 
or you know, next step up, and what most people are picking today is is a drive with a uh, a solid state behind it. So it's a fusion. I mean, either one of those pieces has an issue; it needs to be serviced. And while the future may be all solid state and Apple's, you know, how to say, plan, it's certainly uh, not you now the present. And I'm looking at systems that have been going on for the last couple of years, saying these things are a pain. And even going to the 2011 iMac, Apple did this. Uh, I think they did it for two reasons. Number one. And I haven't said what they did, but I guess I hit what they. I hit that first. They went to a custom firmware on their internal drives in all the 2011 iMacs, yep. which reappropriated the uh, the drive access light, which runs rolls through oh, actually one of the uh, the leads on the, uh, the the power connection, and they changed it to actually output a pulse that SMC uses for the thermal condition for what the the temperature in the uh, the bay is. So they. They custom firmware with you know the different hard drive manufacturers to reuse since they're not using the excess uh, light anyway, they're now using that for the thermal output. The consequence of that is you put a standard drive in there, and you're effectively shorting that. You, you, it's it's a it's more or less a short on the line because it's a, a non it's certainly not an SMC output. And SMC immediately says your your sensors failed and it revs the uh, fan. You know there's a big old debacle. Uh, we got into it with you know, another. Uh, Unnamed, uh, hmm. I say, uh, Mac uh, accessory provider who put a kit out that everybody said worked great and didn't cause the fans to rev, and that was because you know, if you short the line, if you short the line, you, you effectively tell that you tell the iMac that there's no hard drive there, and it disables it. It turns SNC ignores that bay and doesn't run cooling into that. You no, know, it doesn't rev the fans you know, based on temperature condition. But the whole point being. Apple made a change, and even even in addition to making these machines hard to get into, they made a change that you know, went for the first time in several years made it more of a challenge to put a non uh, Apple non Apple firmware drive inside. We put out a kit that actually uh, goes between the drive and the, uh, the and the, uh, the SATA connections, which provides the SMC uh, the necessary SMC output. It, it reads it digitally and gives and provides it the uh, the pulse that Apple is able to read. So you can put whatever drive you want inside, but you know we're happy to come up with these solutions. Which, but yeah, but Larry, that, that tells me necessary. Yeah, but well, that, well, uh, yeah. the point is that Apple obviously have taken that decision, and they've taken the decision that they they want to drive more people to come back to them or an authorized Apple reseller or repair shop to actually get inside the devices. That they, they obviously have decided that they are not happy with people having too much access to their machines and no, obviously I, think that- the, I, can, I can tell you one of the biggest driving forces behind it was in, I, I'm not going to fault Apple entirely a <laughs> large driving force behind it was WD, Seagate and Hitachi and I believe Toshiba as well all of them had their own uh, they all had different sized jumper pins where you connected to the standard built in thermal output and from a serviceability issue when you took it into an Apple store you know, Apple's cable ran all the way to the logic board, and if that cable, if unless you swapped it with the exact same manufactured drive, which Apple used multiple manufacturers, right. they'd have to run a brand new cable. And at the factory, you know, I'm sure the cables were set to the drive that was in build that week or that day or however Apple cycled. So there was a practical reason why Apple did it. But Apple does things that I understand make make sense for Apple. And while I agree, you know, perhaps, of course, Apple would love to see more people bring their systems in and you know, pay uh, a substantial uh, premium to have a have an Apple store, uh, you know, how to say, uh, you know, opportunity to uh, service it. But 
you right now when you bring a system into the Apple Store that's more than two or three years old, you now the, the level of support you can get for older systems is relatively uh, weak in terms of parts. I mean, people come to us, they complain about what the Apple Store doesn't want to do for them. And I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it's not so much that they don't want to do. I mean, the, the people in the Apple Stores are fantastic when it comes to supporting uh, Apple users. But in terms of parts availability, you know, if it gets you know, three, four years old, it seems to be kind of a, a cutoff area where there's you know, the parts are less available or certainly uh, you know, they're not in stock and, and, and ready for uh, deployment and there's a bigger push. Well, maybe it's time for a, a new system. And it, uh, you know, I, I, I understand what Apple's doing, but you know, I, I can rather say understand the benefit of that to Apple. I mean, let's sell, sell a new system. But again, it, it's not like it used to be. I mean, these systems have a, you know, are built the last very, I mean, they, they definitely go the distance and they definitely have you know, great longevity. But when you reduce the, uh, the ability for these systems to be supported service wise, you know, you're, you're, well, a lot of machines have the potential of being taken out of service before their day is up. Well, now, when it is, is part of the reason why, um, you object to this because of, Kind of the you know, one of the the driving forces for OWC for a while has been uh, reuse instead of replace. Uh, you guys kind of practice what you preach when it comes to green technology. Uh, now I have actually been to your Woodstock uh, facility. You've got a uh, a large uh, electricity producing windmill. You have your own paper recycling uh, equipment. Uh, you, even even your parking lot is built in such a way that if service re- is required underneath it, you can actually remove sections of it, do the work that's required, and then put those sections back in. So is the, is that part of the reason why you you object to kind of the way Apple has has configured their consumer systems? I would probably make the argument that it's not exactly the most green approach to uh, computing uh, that that could be done. So you know certainly you now for us we're putting you know solar right now in our Austin facility. You know it's we really seek to see things last and go you know to, to, the distance you know, the as they can right whether it be a be it technology or resources we use to drive that technology. And you can check out the second part of the interview that Gaz and I did with Larry O'Connor from Otherworld Computing next week on MyMac Podcast 385. So everyone, please stand by to stand by. And uh, yeah, uh, Gaz and I at least will be right back. We're all alone. curious about nintendo well check out the nintendo club podcast this podcast is done twice a week we dive into all things nintendo we dive into retro we dive into current games what we're playing what cool nintendo news is going on check it out here at the spotlight network the nintendo club podcast we broadcast this live out every sunday evening starting at 8 p.m eastern check out the nintendo club podcast.com website for more information path to true enlightenment 
can take many forms, but this probably isn't one of them. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome to the third section of the MyMac podcast. And yeah, great interview with Larry there. And I think, folks, we're going to be breaking that up into two sections because we had a great chat with Larry and it just went, it went on long time. And we thought, let's take the opportunity. Let's go long. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to use the, uh, the second section of that, um, next week. What do you reckon, guy? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I can't, uh, unless we wanted to like go for a record podcast. No. Yeah. No, let's, <laughs> let's, and there was a lot of great information there. Yeah. Yeah. Superb. Anyway, I'm nodding oh, my head. Darn it. Uh, not ready. And I can't help because I'm on the MacBook Air. <laughs> Hit it. I finally found it. Mostly. Gases tips. Mostly. Gases tips. It's time for Gases tip. You know, you would have thought with all that time that I would have been ready to go and I wasn't ready. <laughs> well, can I just say this? Yeah. Can I say this guy? Uh, well, in fact, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let Tim say it. This is a structured show. And oh. after the second break, it's normally Gaz's tip, all right? Yeah. Just, just, just a hint to you there. Yeah, I know. Okay. Have, have you got a screen that you can rotate? Luckily for me, I've got two screens. And occasionally, I could do with w- using one of them in portrait mode as opposed to landscape mode. Now, go into system preferences. Go onto the display option. And that makes it dead easy for you just to adjust as you require. So, actually, if you want to have fun... And go to your mum and dad's machine and turn <laughs> side down. That's where you need to go, folks. But then they won't like my tip this week. But <laughs> if, if you have got two, two screens or you do want to use it in, in landscape mode, sorry, in uh, portrait mode, then uh, that's where you need to go. System uh, preferences, go to display options, and there is a drop-down in there which uh, allows you to rotate your screen um, any way you like. That is that is cool. I was not aware that you could do that. Yep. Yep. Obviously, you can't do it on a MacBook. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you hang it upside down over your oven or something. I don't know. You might be able to do it if you've got a screen attached to it. But my for certainly for the um, um, and probably that's that's the option that will come up. But um, certainly for my Mac mini with the two screens I've got attached to it, I can rotate to my heart's content. <laughs> And I'll my head. Ah! Hit it. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. I can't that's the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. Okay, is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Gaz's Tips. I did let you finish. Okay, I'm nodding my head. Oh! Hit it. No, 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 no we're not going to. Hey, go on. <laughs> no, I'm stopping. Go on. I've got an app pick this week. No! Oh, oh you have another tip? That's why I'm nodding my head again. Oh! Hit it. I'm sorry. Mostly. Gaz's tips. Mostly. Gaz's tips. It's time for Gaz's tip. Squared. <laughs> well, my, my daughter actually to- showed me this. Um, I use um, messages uh, on my phone. And it sends messages to uh, my dear lady, Mrs. G, mm-hmm. who... Um, has got an iPhone, but she's only on a text-only um, 
option. And she doesn't seem to be able to get those messages very quickly, other than when she's on a Wi-Fi connection, which is normally when she's at home. So I could send her a text while she's out and about, but she won't get it until she gets home, which is pointless, because I'll tell her. However, what my daughter showed me very quickly, and I didn't know about this, is when you're sending the message to somebody, you can double-click on the um, message before or as it's leaving, and it may well come up with an option that says send as text message. And that's exactly what I do when I'm sending ah. messages to she. And it will then send it as a text message, and she gets it instantaneously, as she should. Nodding my head. <laughs> oh, wait, that's, that's not right. It's it. That's the end of Gaz's tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's tips. Okay, is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Gaz's tips. I've got to say, that is not something which I'm going to be doing every week, an iOS tip and a Mac tip. It's only going to be one tip normally. That was <laughs> Well, I did, you hadn't told me that you were going to do a second tip. Well, it's best not to tell you because it just That's causes true. confusion. It causes confusion. Yeah, and I am so, so easily confused. You have a pick? I do have a pick, and it's not confusing at all. Well, it, it can get confusing. Uh, it's called. It's an iOS game called Airport Madness, and it's from Fluic. It's ninety nine cents over in the iTunes App Store. Basically, uh, you you've got airports that have multiple runways with planes coming in and out, and you have to time things just right so that those planes don't collide with the deaths of hundreds of people on your soul if they do. So, for ninety nine cents, have a great time with Airport madness how about you guys you got one this week yeah well this one i think it is an ios game as well but the one that i've used is actually in the mac app store and it's called rail maze and i've, oh, got, I've heard of that yeah i've got rail maze the original one but now i think they've just re released Ma rail maze 2 it's an enjoyable little game and I've I've enjoyed playing the original. I downloaded the uh, version two. Um, as far as I can tell, there's no in-app purchases either. So that's kind of cool because it's free. How, un how unusual! How unusual to go out with anyone. <laughs> 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 no 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 right, All right, chill out. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <sighs> no people's pick uh, this week. No, um, no people's pick this week. Never, never and mind. nothing on uh, Facebook. Yes. Well, there's nothing on Facebook. Ever. No. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we do have we do have a new iTunes review. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go back. You have oh. not read the whole line, have you? Oh, hold on. Uh, I'm so over it now, fickle beast that I am. Whoa. <laughs> it's up to 139? Yes. Well, let's see. It's only been about three to four weeks since it was 138. So, yeah, I am afraid. Yeah, be very afraid. Since <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, you've got an iTunes review. We do. We do have an iTunes review, and uh, it's a name that you should find familiar. I think he just joined the uh, the G Plus community not that long ago, Rob Rate. Yep. And Rob. he's from the U.K., and he writes an irrelevant and very entertaining podcast. Guy and Gaz discuss, well, mostly, Mac-related <laughs> stories in a lighthearted way 
but do get serious sometimes, but never tedious. You, that, that's us. Serious, but never tedious. You get U.S. and U.K. opinions on the latest Apple stories. If you don't want your Mac podcast to be funny with sound effects, then avoid this. Otherwise, subscribe now and enjoy a weekly dose of cross-Atlantic lunacy. Now that's what we going as cross-Atlantic lunacy. <laughs> it's true. That's so true. Yeah. Good. Thank you. And Rob, you should know what to do. And I'm not going to say anything. Oh, well, Rob, uh, typically when people write a review for uh, iTunes, I give them something. Yes. So the only way you can get that something is if you contact Guy. Now, Guy. Well, wait, hold on, hold on. First, you actually have to write the review. Well, he's written the review. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm punch drunk tonight. <laughs> so, Rob, if you'd like to get your something, Guy, how would he contact you? Ah! But destroy the link. I know. Uh, you should send me an email to guy, G-U-Y, at mymac.com, and I will handcraft and lovingly create a wooty, which is just this amazing thing that nobody who's gotten one seems to care about. But okay. now, now, how yeah. else can I contact you? Could, well, are you on the Twitters? I, I am. I, I, I am a, a tweeter crazy kind of dude. <laughs> That's the best I can do. I am tired. I imagine it's getting even worse for you. Um, you can contact me on the Twitters at twitter.com forward slash Mac parent. <laughs> oh, sleeping parent. <laughs> How can they get a hold of you guys? Easy. Email is gaz at my Mac.com. That's G A Z. It's twitter.com forward slash gaz. That's G A Z M A Z. You can also contact both of us on the Twitters, twitter.com forward slash guy and gaz G U Y. Why? A-N-D-G-A-Z. Z. You could also send feedback at mymac.com. That's another email address. Or we have a Skype number. We and do. Guy's going to tell you what that number is. One. If you're Seven. outside of the U.S., zero. Three. Four. Six, Guy. Six. Oh, is no, you number. didn't say three. Did. You were oh, you listening. did? Seven or three, four, three, six. Five, nine, one, seven, three, four. One five nine five zero one five one three seven. Hut, See, hut. <laughs> now I think I'm getting to understand why people don't dial it anymore. Yeah, because they have no idea what to call in. And I think this is the best show. Oh, <laughs> no, you carry on. Well, I was just going to say thank you all so you were, very, very much. We're going to thank people, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love to thank people for downloading this podcast because we really appreciate it. We appreciate all the wonderful feedback that you give us in all the various ways that you do it, even if you don't use our Skype number, grr, which yeah. you should be using more often, grr. 4791053617743. X. X. Yeah. <laughs> and we do appreciate the downloads because it, it makes us laugh doing this every week. It does. It, this, it, it is therapy. It's therapeutic. If it gives you some enjoyment, however small, then. Yay. 
Yay. <laughs> and I think this is the best show that we've ever seen. You, you missed your chance. And that we're good enough, smart enough, and doggone it. People like us. We <sighs> Larry, I den ug have to han iku glim us. I love the accent. Kif u ik fri mensuke kume ind conference a nij. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can also find other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like the Tech Fan Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, Not Another Mac Podcast, the Mac Specialist Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the TeacherCast Podcast, the Apple Junkies Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. Okay, looks like we're recording. That's also a good thing. Well, depending on your point of view. Well, depends whether you enjoy listening to it. Or not. <laughs> yeah, if you don't listen, if you don't enjoy listening to it, yeah, not such a good thing. <laughs> what are you eating? I'm just eating some chocolate cake, which has just been given to me. Oh, and none for me. Well, I'll have to. Well, it's, yeah, it's here. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to have to settle for some some chocolate candy. Hold on. You hear that? Yes, I do. Mm. 